Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. Sorry, my headset was falling off. Ah, it happens. I don't know how that happens. My head's so large. So, yeah. <laughs> how you been, man? <sighs> Recovering. Uh, you your, went to your knees. Yeah, you went out of town, <laughs> and I decided. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, all of our guys were getting ready for the monkey trip, and I, I haven't had the bike out for a little bit. And I thought, oh, you know, last Saturday, I was like, Dan's out of town, everybody's gone. And I was like, I'm going to go for a little ride. And I literally thought in my mind, I'm going to ride from my house, I'm going to go to Exotics real quick. Stop by Exotics, great. And I was like, well, let's go for a little ride. 90 miles later, after going all the way around Lake Washington, which was not as easy as I thought because a bunch of the roads were closed, um, it was great. But then I got home and I realized there was one, well, there was two spots. I forgot to put a little sunscreen. It was on the top of my knees. But uh, yeah, um, it was... <laughs> more comfortable on the monkey than the CRF, probably. You know, well, yeah, a lot less heat, uh, more comfortable. Uh, a lot of people stopping and wanting to ask me questions, of course. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's, I see a lot of, I'm seeing a lot more of the... The Kawasaki version, the 125 that's out there now. Oh, yeah, the, whatever so, that thing's called. I ran into somebody exotic. Yeah, I don't, a Grom clone, yeah, yeah. So, but there's a lot, I think there's a lot of people that have them. Um, and uh, obviously, the monkey culture has blown up. I mean, I, I feel like we were at the cusp of it, you know, like, that's right. but um, we we're trendsetters. Trendsetters, but I'm noticing <laughs> so many people now are doing big adventures. Like, I thought we were doing yeah. big adventures, and people are doing like huge adventures on these bikes. So, I Let's think that's go to Alaska. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a uh, one a build I followed out of I think it was Saudi Arabia or whatever and he built one like and he was going to go all the way across the desert and he had multiple paneers and and GPSs and I don't know how like the, I looked at the bike and I was like there's more stuff bolted onto the bike than the poor guy sitting on it but uh, and then he had a bunch of lights because he wanted to ride at night in the desert and I was like yeah nope <laughs> like yeah that's the last place like I was thinking that thing has a pretty tiny stator. Which is the you know the equivalent on a bike a stator is the equivalent of uh, he put on saddle, saddlebags he had extra he had extra batteries for that but I mean he had multiple GPSs he had he had floodlights front and rear because literally he was on the freeways or on these roads in the middle of the desert yeah um, I'll have to see if I can find the article it's been a while but it was kind of interesting and I'm going you know like as much as we've talked about this and you know my mother hates motorcycles and, and, and being cautious that's i think that's that's outside my realm of what i would do on that bike yeah i the feel like the stuff we do like like going in, like even my, the ride i took i was a little bit cautious in the fact of like you know i'm a big guy on a small bike we everybody still comes up to me this day and says the oompa loompa comment which i love yeah um but it, it's it's still like getting out and traveling on those bikes is tough like it's yeah. not a speed thing it's just a it's a sight thing so i think the most functional build i've seen even to date is Brandon and Powell's. Yeah. Like there's a lot of bikes I've seen done up with more work done, but his is the most functional. Yeah. He knows he, it, it, yeah. it's, it, it's pretty and functional. So yeah, he's pretty, he functional. has a knack for that. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else comes in and goes, I want it to match my pens guy. People go, what's that? <laughs> so. It's true. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to our trip coming up. Well, we got like a month and a half now, something yep, like that. A month eh, and a half. And we're off from the call. Wait. I cannot wait. I mean, I miss McCall. I think the last time we were there was on, it was, it was kind of under darker circumstances because we had just ended the rally and there was that deer strike. And right. I think that yeah. was the last time I was there, I should say. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting up there and really enjoying the, the outdoors. So, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm you been? Good. Just got back from my road trip with my parents. The first nice. leg of it anyway. I'm going to continue with a drive back with them. Not okay. all the way though. Um, but we went from... Fayetteville, Arkansas, to here in Snoqualmie. Um, we went through Colorado over the mountains, uh, right by Pikes Peak. Didn't go up Pikes Peak because, you know, we're in the, the the Hyundai, which isn't exactly the Pikes Peak challenge car you want. Fair enough. I did see uh, a in-camouflage Mercedes-AMG uh, GT car, like an SLS-AMG with gold wing doors. 
With Gullwing. Gullwing doors uh, in camo over there and testing by Pike's Peak. Full, full optical camo. I didn't think that they were doing Gullwing stuff anymore. I know they're starting to deliver. I've noticed that several people that I follow, they're starting to deliver the new AMG ones, but yeah. you're not going to be able to drive those on the street here. Yes, right. or not the U.S. striked it, but uh, I'm noticing like Manny Coachman and stuff like that. They've been, and they were teaching them how to drive in those SLS, but I didn't know they, that's interesting. That's the second time. Last time I was at Pikes Peak, um, when I drove Pikes Peak, I saw Jaguar testing cars up and down their new brakes, uh, brakes on their cars. So they could be testing something inside of an existing shell then. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you never know out there, but it's kind of cool. It was cool to see. Very um, cool. That's about the only nice car I saw on the entire drive, which always surprises me when I drive across country that like, as soon as I got here, I saw, I mean, I'm serious. Like the nicest car I saw besides that, which doesn't really count being a test mule was like, you know, C8 Corvettes. And sure. the occasional stock 911 base model. Even and I went through Breckenridge and Vale, like all that. Like you expect to see that stuff. And it's just a bunch of Range Rovers and mom cars. Yeah, but, Breckenridge, everybody's going to show up in the winter. That's the winter getaway. They're not going to Well, no, it's all downhill bike stuff now. Yeah, all those ski resorts have moved to that. And no, there's a lot I of money get around it, there. But so. I mean, um, okay. Yeah, I yeah. just expected to see more. Sure. And I know there's a big car culture in Utah. Um, but driving through Salt Lake, I didn't see much of anything either. But as soon as I got back here, I got to North Bend. <laughs> Black Lamborghini. <laughs> Pulls up next to me. Beautiful Huracan. Custom wheels. Don't know whose it was. Never seen it before. Okay. Gorgeous build, though. Wish I, wish I knew, because it was, you know, really well done. Like, wheels matched the matched the car really well. I'm not, sure, I'm not even sure what kind they were anymore. But um, they were like, a, they had a bronze with the polished lips. I mean, I thought they were HREs, but maybe something different. Car was lowered a little bit. Exhaust, not too loud. Just really cool. Um, there is a new, what's the new generation of the, tur- of the t- person? 992.2? Uh, I don't so the, know if there's a dot two yet. Or there's nine nine two. The new nine 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 two. Somebody recently has taken deliver, and it's like Smurf blue, and it's got gold wheels, and it's somewhere in Issaquah because I have now seen it three times, and it is absolutely gorgeous. A GT three? No, uh, there is a new GT three RS that yeah. showed up at Exotics, but it's that same blue, but it is on the regular nine nine two, but oh. it, it's got gold wheel. Oh, it's so pretty. Nice. So so pretty. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think uh, yeah. <sighs> God, that GT2, GT3 RS is insane. Yep. I saw Roger Jobs took delivery of his. Um, okay, I'm going to say it. I think the wing is too high to eat off of. Yeah, I know. Disappointing. <laughs> I mean, no lunch table. The one thing, that, you know, people, yeah. I, I, it's an incredible car. I uh, I think Porsche, I, I will say it. I've always thought that car is not meant for the street. It's really not. That one definitely shouldn't be on the street. I mean, it's gorgeous, but that yeah. one screams, I need to be on a racetrack. Yeah, so. it's like, what was the, of the McLaren, these, the 600 LT mm-hmm. with all the exposed carbon. When you opted for the exposed carbon on the aero package, there was so much exposed carbon on that car. Oh, the 675 LT. No, the 600. Uh, 600? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not 675. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The baby's back. The dog is back. Um, speaking of McLaren, I don't know if we talked about this briefly, that new McLaren's new 750 or whatever. Yeah. Like, I've talked to a lot of McLaren people, and they're like, I don't think it's a big enough difference to want that car. So, especially with the 765, like, I don't know if that's going to be a, a, a big enough. Because, I mean, it's got a few new upgrades and things like that, but I don't know. So I'm a little offended that my dog is more excited to see you than me. but He doesn't see me that much. It's true. You don't growl at me, mister. I'm talking to Dan, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited. Sorry. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. you got to go see your dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's so excited to see you. I, it's kind of, it's a, it's a cute, fun joke. The only... People that dog likes more than Shauna, or as much as Shauna and I is Nick. 
and he wants to. Since, <laughs> Yo, she yeah. As soon as he sees Nick, he wants to play. He adores Nick. We, well, Jumps I mean, into his arms, I, licks I, him. I met Theo when he was very young, and and we 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 had a little bit of a a showdown, a flick. You know, where yeah. we we weren't, we weren't we we respected each other's boundaries, and so I think we're 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 BFFs now. And I tell you, there's very few dogs that I like as much as Theo. But I mean, I know I like you lots. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble because everybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. well, listeners, if yeah. you ever want to break into our hearts, it's it's dogs. Yeah, there we go. Okay. All right. Now that we've had our moment. <laughs> yeah. This is adorable, though. This is definitely going to be the back, the background image of the, the show. Is going to, people are going to be like, what is this? And we're back after the dog has taken all, all been, everyone's he's been, attention. He's been distracted, so yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, so as far as new cars coming out, I think it's interesting that you're seeing that Mercedes. Uh, I noticed that there I, there, I saw some spy shots of the new ZR1. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that when everybody's now taking delivery of the yep. ZR6. I, 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 I have to tell you, Dan, I like that new Corvette, but I really liked yours. I feel the same way. Always um, liked yours. I do not like that. So I've seen the Z06 in person. Yeah. And I, I do like it. I, I will probably get one if pricing <laughs> gets back to a normal level. So uh, no. I'm not paying <laughs> ADM for a car. Yeah. Um, I never have and I never will. But I actually do prefer the style of the C7. And even that, I don't actually like the taillights on that much. But they fit the body. Yeah. This, I don't know what it is about the C8, but I just don't like the rear end very much. That's about it. I like the the wing um, that they're showing on the new ZR1, and I even like the C6 wing, or, or excuse me, the Z06 wing on the new C8, but yeah, but yeah it's, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, obviously, I think, you know, Corvette has taken all of the insults from people going, I can't put an engine in the rear, and they've done a good job with the car. It is a pretty car. Um, I mean, I, I, it's a very pleasing car. I've never, I haven't driven one, um, but... I've sat in one, and you know, and I like the layout and all that, um, and I think it's great. But I just, it's not. There's something about the C the C8 that really appeals to me. I think, it, and, and I think that's kind of the old, the last classic. So, oh, the C7, you mean? Sorry, the C7. Yeah, yeah not C8. I, I like the, what I. It's funny, controversial. <laughs> what I really like about the C8 is it reminds me of an NSX, and I love the new NSX. Yeah, I really do. I, I still on my list of if those dropped in value more than they already have, I would be all over one. They're a little dated now, um, and the, the new ones, the 20, was it, when did they do the redesign? 21? I think it was 20 or 21, they did the updated. The well, It's hard to say, because we, we, we got the original like like seven or eight years ago, and they kept refusing to release it, and then they did, and now we got special editions. And Yeah, so, and it's great. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I wish, that, again, all-wheel drive hybrid, like, that's perfect for me. Well, I mean, you got the Hyundai out there. That's an, I know. That's, isn't that all-wheel front drive? Front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drive. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously it's kind of, it's, it, with summer like this, it's kind of a lull in the automotive. Like, you know, the, the car shows, everything is on tour, there's on tour, there's, they're not releasing a lot of new things. We're seeing a few spy shots. I mean, the new, I guess it's the SF90 mm-hmm. Super Stradale or whatever, it's going to be the new special one that's got a, speaking of that, so that's got a giant wing on the back, and we've been seeing that. Um, I've really been looking into, not obviously for anything purchased or anything, Rev, Rev Ralto. The, you know, the, I'm, I'm oh, really yeah. curious about the new. I've always been a huge Lamborghini fan, but um, I it's interesting. I've been reading some of the blogs and things like that, and talking. I've been trying to purposely go to places that have you know verified people that own Aventadors now, you know, own original Aventador and SV and SVJ things like that, because a lot of people are are choosing not to 
to put in their orders because I mean that you know obviously you've got a hybrid system you got a thousand horsepower you got like nine drive modes and things like that a lot of people are saying that they don't necessarily like what the car is becoming they understand it but that you know the the rawness of the Aventador the single clutch mm. the yeah and I mean and I get that um and having the V12 and a lot, a lot of people and this is you know this is you know somebody who people talking that have the money to do it, it's like they're going well great now i got a hybrid system well that means what what happens if that breaks and you know this is italian and <laughs> italian cars are known for not being as reliable as they should be they are getting better of course you know yeah but um i just was i for some reason i kind of started to dive into that i mean and i'm really curious about that car i like the car i like the look of the car and you and i brought up something about it a while back about that top that there's no there's no engine cover on that car yeah and I think that's going to cause issues. I mean, you look back at what, I mean, the, when we talked about the Mercy Lago and you can't parking it downhill because there's water. And I think with, you, now you have a, a thousand horsepower car with no, <laughs> with engine, no cover. engine cover and electric, ele- electrical drive system. I just, I don't know. I think it'll be fine for the first owners. And then in five years, all those problems are going to start creeping up yeah. as they always do with Lamborghinis. Yeah. Yeah, the with the Mercy Lago for those that didn't know, if you park a Mercy Lago nose down downhill and it rains, all the water goes toward the front of the engine compartment, obviously behind the driver and passenger, and it soaks the engine control module and the car won't start until it dries out or you have to or it'll fry it. Yeah. Take your pick. Either way it's going to cost you some yeah, time. Yeah, either or some way. Money. Yeah, yeah, we literally have had been out on drives where that's happened because you know we live in Washington yeah. and we've had to put like blankets over the engine cover. Uh, like I carry like a pack blanket in the back of my car and it's coming handy for that because like it obviously gets wet too, but it keeps it from soaking the engine bay and frying the electronics. Better the that to get wet than not. I don't. I don't right. know. I, I said. I. I think you know. There's this turn for 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 electrics and hybrids and things like that, and I think you're. I think it's causing more issues. Um, I noticed they release. They're releasing a new Prius. <laughs> Still ugly. Yeah, it looks better than the other one. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, a big jump from Revuelto to Prius, but you know, kind of along those lines. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you sent me an article when you were gone about the uh, what's it called, like the ten cheapest cars that are oh that are yeah built to last. And this, this, I have a lot of issues with this article. First of all, oh yeah, I but did I think too. it's I think it's a really good topic for the show. It's a good talking point. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, one, the, yeah. The, the price points are way way off. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, basically, uh, and I and I read it so long ago, I forgot kind of the things. But you know. I mean, some of these cars that you can get, you know, like they, the first car they were talking about is the 2000, uh, 2006, what is it, Honda S2000. S2000. The last of the AP2 S2000s, yeah. I like the S2000. I know you like the S2000. I, I the love The one it. you had, I, the classic story of driving across Montana. I mean, they're talking about getting, I mean, 35000 I think is, you, I don't think you could find a, a good S2000 for 35000 You can, you just can't, it's very, very rare to find a 2006. And yeah. It's very rare to find one in good condition for that now. Why they is are the in six high so, demand. Why is the 6 so, is that the last year they made them? The or? last year without going to the, um, the, what was it, the SR? Oh, okay. Um, but it's a... It's just to get the latest one you can. AP two, they had AP one, AP two, AP two is a facelift with uh, they went for more torque. Okay, because they they were like you had to rev the. I piss didn't out know of they them. did a facelift on that car. They all looked the same to me. Yeah, really, really mild. Okay. Uh, wheels, interior, um, the front bumper is probably the easiest way to look look at it. So okay. it's just all mild stuff. But they went from a two liter to a two point two. Okay, the F twenty two C one versus oh. the F twenty C. The C one versus the C three. Great yeah. engine though. Okay, and the best. What you have. I had an AP1. Okay. One of the best transmissions I've ever driven in my life. It is so easy to click through that transmission at the flick of a wrist. And it was so easy to drive that car hard. It, it was one of those cars that loved it the harder you revved it. And it was it really built for what it was designed to do, which is track time and autocross. Like, it was great for that. I love that car. For as much as that car is loved and how well it sold when it was new, I'm surprised they stopped making it. 
But I don't think they sold as many as they wanted to, and it's very expensive to make. All aluminum car, um, yeah. really expensive motor, had really light pistons. Paying that much for a Honda. <laughs> titanium pistons. Um, it was a really high-tech car for the time. And even, even now, it would be considered a very good car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually agree with that one. I, I don't think – I think there are you're going to have a hard time getting a car like that because that, the really nice ones are in such high demand – you're going to be competing for them. There's a lot of them out there, but if you want a really clean, really spotless S2000, especially a white one, which is the rarest color and the most sought after because JDM Type R cars are typically white. The white with the red interior. Yeah, white, yeah. yellow, red, um, yeah. the Integras, but that's typically Hondas are red or white, and that's how you, you notice them, Civic Type Rs, things like that, and they people kind of go for that, white with the red badge, or, the, or they, they call it a panda with a black. So uh, many of them have been turned into Fast and the Furious cars, too. Right, yeah. and so finding Turbo. a really clean one, a, uh, so I think the rarest was white with black interior, because a lot of them came with tan interiors, and mm. an AP2, and okay. those are like the ones you're going to find for 50. Interesting. That's what I want. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say a controversial statement. The next one is the 98 BMW Z3 M Coupe, the classic horseshoe or clown shoe. Yeah. I love this car. I have always loved this oh, car. Oh, me too. I have always loved everything about this car, the looks of the thing. I love how the wheels were so hard to get, but you could crash them so easily and they bent. But I mean, and they're talking about getting one for 20000 There's no, no way, way you're going to get a Z3 M Coupe for 20000 No. Um, and ironically, this week, BMW released a new shooting brake. Uh, I think they were in uh, Lake yeah. Como or something like that I saw. But uh I've always liked this car. Um, it's It's been a car that I think was a great little track car. Uh, I mean, they're infamous. They're, you either love them or you hate them. I, obviously, being a W fan, have always loved them. Um, I think that, you know, they... Uh, I think they they had that had the that had the did that have the E46 S54 uh, in it, I think, the straight six. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was just a great car. It was laid out well. It, it, it you know, you got in it. I mean, the, I've driven that car several times. And yep. it's just, I get it. I get why people don't like them. Uh, or I get why aesthetically they don't like them. But underneath, you know, you're getting a hard top coupe when you really need one that you can beat on the track. Yeah. And so. 300 horsepower straight six had torque for miles. It was great. Doesn't, and it doesn't weigh anything. Yeah. It was a comfortable car and it had lots of torque. Yeah. I, the other one, I mean, there's always the obvious answers on here the Miatas, the, um, the what do they call them? The, the BRZ, FRS, the later model. Um, there's a couple of those. Like um, the classics, the 91 MR2. That's, I love how this works. If you can laugh. find them without a Ferrari body kit, yeah. Right. They listed like 91 MR, Toyota MR2, 19,000. Yeah, if it's got, if it's rusted to the core, those things are worth like 40. They also said you could get a 2002 SVT Cobra for 22,000. I don't think you could even get the motor out of that for 22,000. Not anymore. Like, yeah. Um, those were. I remember when those came out. Factory I mean, supercharged. I remember Badass. seeing one of those sitting on a, on a showroom at Wendell Ford in Spokane, um, and just gawking at them. I mean, because it was something so interesting. And you know, and then then they came out. They had that high wing that you could get on it. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Which I really liked. Yeah. Um, obviously, the prices are a little bit off. The one thing they were talking about was the 20, 2018 BMW M240i that they said you can get for thirty four thousand. Obviously, that that price I think is a little high. The problem with this car is. There is so much technology in it, and it, and these cars are going to have issues, and that is what's going to cost you the most. I, I as being a BMW owner and who has taken their car in for service at BMW dealerships, and it's not the BMW dealerships issue. Parts are expensive. The the, the techs are expensive. I mean, it's, it, this is the same for Audi. This is the same for Mercedes. Everything. It's just, and these little cars, there it's going to be an issue. Um, there's so much technology in them. They're great little cars. Um, I would, I think I'd take the M2 over the 240. Oh, I would take obviously. the M2 over anything. Yeah. 
I think it's um, beautiful. Yeah, have you, and you've seen the new one that coming out. They didn't put yeah. the big grill on it, which I like. Yeah, the so. new M2. Even yeah. if you don't like the way the new M2 looks, it looks being subjective in this case. Yeah. I think it is still the best buy BMW out there. Period. Yeah, it's one of the few. I mean, BMW, the ultimate driving experience. Yeah, if you consider the M2, yes, nothing mm-hmm. else. <laughs> in my opinion, they've all gotten fatter, heavier, uh, a lot of electronics kicking in a lot, and I like driving BMWs. I think they drive well, actually. I've always enjoyed the torque curve, especially the M5 uh, with the optional all-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive configuration. Yeah. Like, that technology works, and it's really cool, but I like the simplicity of the M2. It's small, it's light for what it is now, for what cars are now, and it still has that original E30 M3 feel to me. Yeah. That's what I love about it. The E30 and the E46 are my, some of my favorite cars on this yeah, planet. Me too. Um, hey, before we move on, yeah. it's a nice hot day out. Okay. You know what's important on hot days? I mean, ice cream? Cooling. So ice cream? Yes. <laughs> ice cream. The ice cream option for your car. Okay. I wish. No, uh, uh, making sure you have an efficient cooling system. Oh. Oh, yes. Our Carter okay. Rotogrip Tip of the Week this week is brought to you by Megan, who we were talking to you about today. <laughs> by Megan. By yes. Megan. By Megan Zalud, previous by guest. By Megan. <laughs> yeah, she joins us on our Shop Talk episodes occasionally. Yeah. She's doing, uh, she messaged us on our little group chat and said, hey, I'm replacing the radiator in the Fiat. And she's like, hey, there's the, the original one was I don't remember the price but it's a thirty dollar difference between the original and thirty dollar difference yeah. right yeah. and uh, she's like which one should I go with and Nick was right on I I didn't respond he said well the aluminum is going to be lighter obviously yes it's going to be lighter it's also going to be a lot stronger and it's also going to cool a lot better you know how I learned that cooling thing and I kid you not as a kid so I would always cook French fries and stuff like that in the oven and I would put down the aluminum foil on the pan and you uh-huh. pull the pan out and the pan's hot. You can instantly touch the aluminum foil. Well, not yeah. instantly. Okay, don't burn yeah, yourself. Yeah, it gets warm, but you can actually it, touch the aluminum foil. It cools so quickly. Yeah. And that's one of the first things I learned, I mean, about that. But yeah, um, obviously we suggest, you know, if you don't know, and and we hope to someday, when the, the when the when the car is done, to have her talk about it. But she's working on restoring this. Uh, to talk more about it, the Fiat. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. So basically, uh, she came to us and said, "Which one? It's a thirty dollars difference." I mean, also, if there's a thirty dollars difference between two parts, get, get the more expensive part. There's almost every time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Brakes might be subjective, subjective depending on. Brand, always buy know. better brakes. Yes. Yeah, so, always yeah. upgrade. Yeah. But no, aluminum is, is lighter, cools more. You can use larger cores. Um, it's much less brittle. It's much stronger than copper core radiators, which is the, the normal as copper cores with um, plastic end caps. And aluminum radiators don't have plastic end caps. They don't break. Um, the only downside and the single only downside to a radiator that's aluminum is it needs to be flushed more often. So if you say, if you look at your service manual, and you don't have an aluminum radiator, it'll say flush or coolant every 50,000, 60, 80, whatever you're, to put that in half if you have an aluminum core because they can get gumped up a little more if you have uh, an older car. So you just got to flush your system more often. That's it. What about as far as the difference between a stock radiator and an aluminum radiator and, and how easily the fins can be the fins can be bent or broken? They're stronger on aluminum. Okay. Um, the reason is, is because they can use a larger core. And so the fins are typically uh, thicker and the core itself, the, the bars in between, is also thicker. Okay. And so they can take more damage. It doesn't seem like it, but, um, yeah, copper ones, once they get a pinhole leak or something, you're screwed. You don't realize how much stuff, how those things get bent. I mean, this is a, a, along the same yeah. lines, but I was cleaning under the hood of my Subaru, and if you don't know, I've got the turbocharged, and, and that, that that sucks air in through the hood. It goes through a system and then through the intercooler on top of the engine. Yeah. My fins are starting to get bent. Like things yeah. are coming all the way through those channels, and then they're hitting the intercooler and bent and yep. bending the fins. So I find that interesting. I, I ordered a, 
A thin comb? A, 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 yeah, well, not a thin comb, but I ordered a, a grate to go over it, too. To oh, kind of, yeah. To, but, yeah, yeah, it's just, you think, oh, well, my radiator's back there. It's not going to get hit. It's not going to be, but things can happen. Yeah, yeah, so if, yeah, that said, if you're looking for an upgrade, um, you want to save some weight, that's a really great way to save some weight on any car, especially if you're doing track duty and you're just railing your car. That's, a, a, aluminum radiator is a really worthy upgrade, especially on an older car. New cooling systems are a lot more efficient. If you look at um, Chevy, and Ford, actually, but specifically Chevy, the C7 Z06 and ZR1 and the ZL11 LE, I think they have 16 radiators, if I remember right. 16? Uh, because they have heat exchangers. What did you blow? Was it a heat exchanger that blew on your, C, your C7? Like, after you, uh, you first got that car, something blew. Yeah, I, I took, um, it was the, what was it, the... I thought it was a heat exchanger or something like that. It, it is a heat exchanger. It was the cooler for the supercharger itself. Okay, so here's a Air, question maybe you can answer yeah. for our guests. We, I don't think we've talked about this. What's the difference between a radiator and a heat exchanger? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, boy, not much. I mean, technically, they're the same thing. In, yes. the sense, in my mind, they're the same. <laughs> technically, they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, boy, I think a radiator, I'd have to look this up to be sure. In my mind, I'm going to look this I up. I literally just threw Dan under the bus. Under no, that's okay. But, that's yeah, not, okay. I like to be challenged like this. Because I'm yeah. going to go look it up, and I'll come back on the next episode and tell you. Yeah. I, I believe the radiator, when you say a radiator, is specifically to cool the water going into the engine. And a heat exchanger doesn't always have to be... Um, doesn't always have to have a fluid. So it could be cooling air, like an intercooler or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay. So, But a heat exchanger, like on an old car, like a, an old... An old Porsche has mm -hmm. heat exchanger. They have manual heat exchangers. Where yeah. that's where you you pull in uh, air from around the exhaust, not exhaust gases, but and then you heat the car that way because they're how, water cooled. That's how the triumph air cooled. I, I, I pull yeah. water from the engine and it pushes, and then there's a fan that blows down through yeah. it and then blows into the car. Yeah. So I think it's using the heat to take it somewhere else. So it's actually using it. I'm going to look this up though. This is a really good question. I've never actually looked into that. before. I don't know why it's never. We've never talked about it before. Yeah. Because in my mind, a radiator is exchanging heat for you know. In my mind, I'm picturing some listener who knows this really well yelling Screaming at, the, at radio. the radio. Yeah. It's this. Why don't you know this? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Which is well, justified. That's fine. How about I'm going to go learn. <laughs> we will put the answer in the next episode. Yeah. But if you know the answer, comment under the under it. Yes, please. So, yeah. Yes. It's always say, hey Dan, this is what. Yeah. This is the difference. I'll go look it up, but I would love to hear from somebody I mean, we'll, who knows. We're going to know, but you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. So. That's a good question. I don't know. I just, in my mind, because in my mind, you got, you got radiators, you got heat exchangers, you got intercoolers, you got, I know intercoolers is cooling air. I mean, it's yeah. intercooling the air. Oh, you have intercoolers, you have aftercoolers, yeah. you have heat exchangers, you have, what's the other one, um, under the dash, heater cores, all specific. Air conditioner condensers. Yeah, condensers, yeah. You power steering coolers. Mm -hmm. Hell, you have gear with differential coolers now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, I think I want to put an oil cooler on the monkey. <laughs> it doesn't bend, but yeah. It doesn't so, bend. Yeah, yeah, I know. I need to do that too. So, uh, well, I dented the last one. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, we'll figure that out then. That'll yeah. be easier. So, um, back I to our list. I noticed that. Okay. So, I mean, I think, did we cover on everything on that list? Sorry. No, actually, oh, there's, one, there's one more. Okay. They, they said the 2017 Camaro SS. Um, I'm we, should, a, we should have Brian on for that. I know. I was actually going to say, <laughs> I think this is a future classic, and you're in a really sweet spot right now to get one of these. I think the ZL1 1LE, especially the 1LE, mm -hmm. is the car to buy right now. If there's any car to buy right now, I think that's it, Cause, because that is going to be like one of the ultimate future classics. Well, they're discontinuing them, too, aren't yes. they? Yes, yeah, okay. and it's it's an absolute monster of a car. Mm -hmm. Camaros, over time, always have a special spot. And if you're looking for that one special spot Camaro, it's definitely the 1LE with the track package. 
Yeah, they I look really, really like good. Them. They sound amazing. They drive actually great. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising for such a big car, but they really do. They, they kill it at the track. I don't know what they drive like uh, as stock because the only one I've right. been in is Brian's and it's an animal. So Brian's is insanity. Yeah, I think he's, put, getting he's pushing more so. over 800 or 900 horsepower because, you know, yep. you need that when you're driving to work. So, yeah. Yeah. The other one they had on here was kind of the obvious to me, the, the, the Corvettes. Um, Corvettes in general are always good buys. Um, not if you pay over ADM, but typically you get a lot of performance for your dollar i mean even even now a c6 z06 the old school z06s they're holding at about for good ones 40 to 50 ish you can get a really solid one now depends uh, on how it's been driven yeah well the ls7 needs um what is it valve guides Mm -hmm. yeah you need to upgrade the valve guides in the head which is kind of a everybody knows it everybody knows it needs to be done in that ls7 but it's about a 1500 to two twenty five hundred dollar job and then it's fixed and you never have to worry about it again but those, man, that's a 200-mile-an-hour car. Easy, all day. And it breaks, even with its old steel brakes, will outbreak almost anything on the road. Yeah. Like, they, they are all good. They have just enough technology to give you traction uh, traction aids, ABS, power steering, all that good stuff, and cheap enough to where you can buy shocks for, like, 400 bucks as an upgrade because they don't have any of the magnetic, magnetic ride if stuff. If the floor goes bad, you get some more car. Bo- some balsa, cor- balsa balsa wood. wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're, and they're light. And yeah. so they, as a result, they creak and moan as you kind of go out of steep driveways. But yeah, if you want a car that can throw it down, like yeah. go drive one of those on the track. I think that's a sweet spot. The seats are terrible though. You're going to have to replace those too or, or upgrade them to higher bolsters. But either way, there's like, if you want to drive the car, like it needs to be driven. Yeah. But if you found a stock one and you had 10 grand to put into it, you'd have a car that would just kill it at the track with even the most modern sports cars. No, it's You're just li- eat tires. It's lights before li- uh, lockers, Dan. I, lights that's, before that's, lockers. That, no right. matter what the car is, <laughs> you want to put lights on the front of your Corvette before you put lockers. They on actually it. make a really nice headlight upgrade for those. By Do the they? Way. Okay. Yeah, they make it. They call it the C7 <laughs> headlight upgrade, and it modernizes the headlights and it makes them really. They look really good, but they also function really well. Okay. Uh, I was surprised how good it looked because normally those things look kind of cheap and out of place in those cars. Yeah. And it's fantastic. I was like, man, I kind of want another one. The other car that was on the list, and I don't necessarily agree with the year, was the 2010 Cayman. Um, oh yeah, I think it came in. Some- Boxer strike rate. You really can beat the crap out of these cars. <laughs> Maintenance is not cheap. No. Um, but the good news is, especially with the, that year, you're not going to be taken to dealership. Some of the independent people around here, I mean, hell, go to our our, our last buddy, yeah, uh, Dominic. Dominic. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a good little car. It's, yeah. I mean, they're a fun little car. I think everybody thinks of them as like the... the uh, they used to call... Now don't take offense. This is what people said. They, Barbie the, Porsche? Yeah, they call them the Barbie Porsche yeah. or the girl car. And yeah. Okay, if you've driven one of those... Screw you guys. Those things are awesome to drive. Yeah. Porsche Boxers and Caymans are fun. They have great torque. They drive, they handle amazing. Better than 911 until you get into the all-wheel drive stuff at the, uh, for the time. And they're just fun little cars. And they're cheap to own. I like the platform. I mean, especially yeah. what they've done with like the new GT4 RS. Oh, I would, I would 100%. Oh, yeah. I would I take mean, that yeah. over a GT3 RS. Yeah. And I, I love the GT3 know. RS. I don't know. I have to look at that GT3 <laughs> Yeah. They both get me excited. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Anyway, that was a that was a good list though. I I think I'm still going back to the Corvettes um, yeah, just because you get so much for the money. It's not, and I am a, I'm not a fanboy in the sense that I think they're the best car out there. But I, I mean, you just want to drive a car. C7s on. like you had are still selling for ungodly amounts of money. Oh yeah, I've been had my eye out. I have a bunch of feelers out to just kind of see where the market is on cars I would consider owning again. Uh, GTRs are still way overpriced, especially since they all need a transmission. But um, it's the last year for the next six years. Okay, yeah, the last year for the next six <laughs> next, years, yeah. if they ever produce another one. Yeah. But yes, a good C7-Z06 uh, with the 3LT, or yeah, the 3LT with the Z07 package is still eighty to 100000 
I mean, I hate to say it. I like the power of the Z06, but I would even settle for a Grand Sport. Like Garoff's is, I mean. With the Gar- tra- it's a better driving car. Grand Sport with the 3L. 3LT. 3LT, yeah. so you get the wider. Every- I think that's a really neat car. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's a better car yeah. for most people, um, for anybody who's driving on the street. If you're doing yeah. nothing but track, yeah, I could probably see the Z06 putting down that extra power you need, but you'd have to be a serious competition driver. Anyway. Not me. Yeah. No, if, actually, I think the Grand Sports are holding the value just as well, too, though. They're a great yeah. car. Even in the, by the way, drive the automatic in that. If you guys are your track monkeys over there who just think that you're, yeah, the manual is more fun. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I loved my manual. But the automatic, even though it's an eight speed and it has its delays, is still a faster transmission on the track, period. And it makes you a better driver. Be fun. Yeah. yeah. If you're just putting numbers down. Sure. I would still buy a manual. <laughs> <laughs> Money being no object. I'd take, hell, have a manual and an automatic. Yeah. One thing I will say about that car. It is expensive to put PPF on the car. <laughs> is it? That car has so many weird flat angles. Oh, yeah. It is huge. a nightmare. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was talking to people, and they say, like, those huge wide flat panels and then sharp angles that go different directions made it really difficult to put PPF on. But I was so glad I covered that car. And, if yeah, if you want to drive your car, like I said, four, I put 42,000 miles on that car just in a year and a half. Uh, yeah. And... Having PPF on that car was a game changer. That car looked brand new when I sold it. You know, there's I, I've seen it, and I don't know if it's hit here yet. Uh, I've seen it in Europe. They're they're getting these these. You can basically they're spraying, the, they're repainting the car, which is causing it's a peelable paint. Yeah, I'm waiting, and I'm sure that's already. There. I'm waiting for spray on guards. Like I'm, oh, like plastic dip, but yeah, heavy duty. But heavy duty, like yeah. high, because I feel I like I want that for off road. But I, I want it for off road. But I think you talk about the sharp edges and stuff like that, where if you could just you know put put cut lines and then just spray the everything and it's clear. Like I don't know. Yep, I know. I've been talking to our friends at S Tech uh, about having an off road option because they, I mean, they have obviously their PPF works on everything, off road, street, whatever. It is a game changer. You need it. If and you want it, to drive your car, you need it. it's meant for street and the fact that it's meant for rock tips. It's not, I don't think they're, I mean, and it will protect you against dragging stuff down the side, but yeah. you're going to see it more. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't mean, I just, you know, when you look at motorcycles and you see that ultra heavy film where it's like, I don't care if you see it. Like, look, look at the, the show of fork stickers on our bikes. Yeah. You know, that thick, heavy stuff. We, yeah. Well, they make that in clear for dirt bikes. And I wish they made it for cars specifically for off-road because I'm not trying to hide the seams. I don't actually care. I just want my resale value. <laughs> and so um, I want a really thick, hard film like that from S-Tech. Like, I mean, their other stuff will do the job. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying when it comes to exactly what you're talking about where, oops, I went through a field and I've got sticks, you know, sticking into my car. It will protect you, but I want that little extra layer for actual like impact protection yep. of from like sticks, not from rocks and stones, which it will do. But a rock hits your car and then goes away. A stick hits your car and then drags down, itself down, down the, the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and he can trust me. I've parked my Raptor out in the sun and it heals. It's yeah. it works. But yeah, I'm looking for that extra heavy duty stuff. So hey, the minute they come out with it, or they, I mean, I will be right there. Right, I yeah. need it. Bad, I bad, still bad, think bad. I've been talking to them. I really want to do a wrap on my truck. Not a full wrap, but like add graphics. Yeah. And I want to do something in like different colors. I'm not sure yet. I don't want to do something okay. too crazy. I want you, something wild, man. I know. I don't want something that's, you know me. I don't want to stick out too much, but I, I want to do something cool with it. So I got to talk to our friends at SDEC. I got passed by a new white Raptor on the freeway a couple of days ago. I, was, I, was, I saw it in a new with a 37 package. Yeah. I was like, ooh. I don't think it was an R, but it was. No. It was I've seen the Raptor R. Yeah. A beautiful truck, but I, I didn't want. Where'd you see one of those? 
Just driving around. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's where we live. I forgot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I yeah. See, every time I go to work, I see like five on the way in. That's true. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, we should, you know, there was a, something I want to talk about with the Avance listeners. Okay. Uh, they gave me a bunch of ideas about uh, some tools. This was fun for me. I said, what tools oh, don't... fun? I posted, a, I posted a thing on there. So one of the cool tools that I have that people don't know about is my... Um, I have a three-quarter inch... I have a half inch and a three-quarter inch torque adapter. And what this does is... What I bought it for is not what it was designed for. What a torque <laughs> adapter does is you put it on the end of um, a socket wrench or even a breaker bar. And you put it on... It's just like a device that clicks in place. And it works just like a torque wrench. It actually will measure the torque applied to it. And so if you need to torque... Oh, I don't know. Porsche center locks down and you don't want to spend $700 on a torque wrench, this will get you pretty close. And in my opinion, close enough, regardless. So of it just goes in line. It goes in between mm-hmm. the socket and the, and the, and whatever and the wrench. wrench. Okay. What I do is I program it to the torque I have on my torque wrench. And because this thing is more accurate than my torque wrench um, or close enough, when I have an old torque wrench, like my Craftsman, which is literally 25 years old, okay. um, I, this will allow me to get really close. Because these are usually within about... Um, I think it tells you, but this one is typically about three foot pounds, okay. which for me as a home hobbyist, good enough. If I was a dealer, I'm going to get the snap on. If I'm a pro, I'm going to get the snap on or whatever. But Other thing, people's lives are in danger with you. Right, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, this thing I can check my torque wrenches with really easy. I just put it at the exact same torque as my torque wrench and see if it gets close. Interesting. So. Okay. No, I did see that. And then there was some really neat stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, plus minus 2% is what they guarantee. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I... It, I, I, was, I think you got the same email I got from Milwaukee this week that they came out with a new impact uh, lug nut set. Oh yeah. God damn it. They're really pretty. <laughs> They're really pretty. They're really, really pretty. So, uh, you know, what? actually, speaking of tools I need to find right now, and I and it's funny because I need to rotate the wheels on the Triumph. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I have knockoffs. Yep. But I, the last time I bought a knockoff hammer or, or a, a, a lead fill hammer, I was using it, and the head came off and about killed me. So I now need to find a new hammer. And I went to look at a, a soft blow hammer, which is either going to be copper or it's going to be uh, like a lead-based hammer. $90. Yeah. Ninety dollars. I mean, and, and I get it. There's copper in some of them, and that's that's not cheap. But um, yeah, that's that's the latest tool I need to find. Uh, so uh, I would harbor freight that one. I'm th- yeah, I, I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, so the reason I brought this up is I have a twenty five percent off coupon for harbor freight. I too. had the I had the Triumph taken in, and I had it fully detailed this last week, and then I was took it to Discount Tire because that's where we bought the tires that go on the car. Because the, the, most people buy those tires for boat trailers, just so we're clear. So you're supposed to you're supposed to rotate them every five thousand miles. Well, it's been six years and five thousand miles, and they <laughs> Discount Tire did not have. Uh, a knockoff wrench to do it. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So that's what I need to do. In fact, I was having that conversation with my dad today. You know, so we have him and I both own that car, and it's like he's like, we need to get this done. I was like, yeah, I'll get right on that. Uh, <laughs> last time, the, the last one tried to kill me. So yeah. yeah, that's funny. So that's not something I thought about with one of those four, but I guess because I rarely have use for a dead blow like that, a weighted hammer. I mean, I I have. Well, you can screw up those 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 knockoffs, those knockoffs really easily. So, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, um, Aaron Trout. Uh, Vaughn's member says a thread file. Um, excellent suggestion. So if you have a, if you don't have a thread chaser, what do you call it? Um, not a nut extractor, but um, tap and die set. Sorry. Oh, okay. Could yeah. not think of the words. Uh, if yeah. you don't have a tap and die set, a thread file is basically um, specifically a file specifically made for um, filing threads of a bolt or a, a bolt that has been partially stripped. Oh, okay. A really easy. Um, these are great for motorcycle guys, by the way. Um, yeah, so a thread file is a really cheap tool that you should just have. Um, I actually have a couple of them. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, good thing. Um, 
and mine I've had for, oh, I don't know how many years. I have a cheap set I got from, I think it was Al's Auto Supply that I've had for probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't use it enough for it to go bad, but I've used it hundreds of times over the years. Just There's so many tools I have in my toolbox that I've used yeah. once, but I, I'm glad I have them. So I was laughing because Michael Smith was like, this is going to be an expensive, expensive thread. thread. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Keith Cahill, uh, Angle Cube. So you woodworking guys are real familiar with these. Uh, Klein Tools is the one that everybody goes with for good reason. And it basically is a little gauge with a magnet on the bottom, and you put it on something, and it tells you exactly the angle of that. Now, I've used it. The most common use for these that you'll see online is for getting your um, your saw blades on your uh, table saw at a perfectly 90-degree angle. Yep. And because you can adjust them, obviously, and there's a gauge on the dial that you turn, but it's not always exact. So this is how you get it exactly 90 degrees. I've used this for measuring railing angles, for doing the railing on the guest house over there. I use these for, like, if you want to measure the, the panel on a car after it's been... Uh, I was going to say, I've seen one used where somebody put it on a, on a tire to see how much toe. Yep. Toe and caster. Yeah. Uh, toe, camber, caster. These these things are good for so many things, and they're like 20 bucks. Uh, it's just one of those tools, especially, though, if you're a woodworker, you'll find plenty of uses for this. Or if you're building in construction. You and if you find, like tools, you, let's be honest. Yeah. You're going to walk around the house just testing what angles of everything are. Yeah. So. I mean, I... <laughs> I use it on walls. I use it on rafters. Absolutely. Yeah, I use it on, but for cars, like you said, uh, camber Absolutely. caster, these are really useful for that. Yeah. Uh, you literally just hold it up there and it tells you exactly what angle it is. Super useful. Yeah. Uh, I got a biggest kick out of the, uh, the what is it, the circuit tester, which I love. <laughs> it was awesome, which is great. You, By the way, the, but the one that was suggested was $170. Hunter Stone. <laughs> it's a power probe. Yeah. I and know. it allows you to, yeah, to test the circuit in your car. So if you can, if you have like, uh, you know, you say you have a tail light out, but the bulb is good. Yeah, this will tell you where the circuits. I, I love that. Super though. useful yeah. tool. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, yeah, Derek Yan for the win, win here. Uh, very talented person, anyway. But manual impact hammer. What this is a must-have tool that has saved me so many times. Uh, basically, it's a it's. I don't know to describe it. <laughs> like if somebody doesn't know what one of these, how would I describe it? It's a handheld tool, and it typically has a Phillips or flathead in the end. They're very high impact rated, so these things are not going to strip. And then you slam the back of it with a hammer, and that causes it to twist. And you can have it tighten or loosen. And I have one of these. Um, where is? Oh, that? he didn't link it. He just said oh, okay. me. Well, actually, two people listed this, so he. Oh, I'm looking at this, going, where in the heck are you looking? At this? And then oh, yeah. let's see here. Um, okay. These are called different things too. Who okay. else mentioned this? Uh, Evan Zima mentioned this as well. Must have impact hand impact driver. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and I got so it. Okay. The ACAM half inch. Um, yeah, you'll use these things. I think the most common thing people use them for is probably that little uh, bolt that holds your rotors on. Simply mm. gets rusted in there. You yeah. take one of these, you just smack it, pulls it out. I had a a stuck um, skid plate bolt. Not on my car, on somebody else's that I used it for. I had it up in the air and I just slammed it once and boom, right out. Um, you can use, also, even if you don't use the impact part, the bits on these are so hard, you can put them on um, a vice grip in like a flathead and turn with that and it won't bend the bit, which if you don't have an, if you have normal impact rated bits, these are, these are larger. These are typically half inch drive. Um, if you don't have one of these, um, you can't, you're not going to bend these bits out. So what I did, it was the skid plate I fixed on the baby Bronco. Yeah. So what I did is I cut us, I cut it with, uh, I cut the bolt with my, um, Grinder? Yeah. Sorry, I've been going nonstop this week. Yeah, my angle grinder, I cut a flathead in it, and then I used this on there, and I twisted it with my vice grips, and that allowed me to turn the bolt because the bolt was stripped. So There was a lot of issues with that bolt. Yes, that <laughs> bolt had seen some stuff. 
for the life, yeah. Um, you know what? One thing, and we want to talk about a few things. And I don't have one, but I, I know they can come in useful. Is a slide hammer. Oh That's yeah, what I was thinking when you were saying that it's like a slide yeah. hammer because I've seen it a lot when you're trying to take out axles and stuff like that. So, what happened to mine? Huh? I've had a slide hammer. I I got it when when Al's got bought out by Shucks. I grabbed a slide hammer for like a dollar because they're getting rid of all their tools. And I think somebody else. I think somebody grabbed it and borrowed it from me and never gave it back. I need to get another one of those. I don't use it a lot, but that was a, that is a good tool. Yeah. Uh, one of the most popular on the list and one of the most expensive, but they're right. Um, specifically, Knipics. I am saying that right. I checked. I checked. <laughs> they have these V um, push button opening. Um, I guess you'd call them pipe wrenches. Yeah. Water pump wrenches, but they have a bunch of push button open wrenches. Lord. Yeah. And they're about $250. Yeah. They're at two to 250 for a set of three. And you want to get the full sizes, but these things. Yeah, this is a quality tool that once it latches onto something, it's not letting go unless you want it to. Which is the biggest problem with things like that. If your yeah. grip strength is not... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you've got, you know... Yeah, I, I don't have that grip strength anymore. I'm old. Yeah. It hurts. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Keep all the other things out of it. Yeah, yeah they should so, just yeah. slide this on. This will let you untwist anything. Yeah. Um, the uses outside of the automotive case are endless um, for anything. I mean, anytime you've got old pipe threads, if you're doing like I'm doing... Uh, full hardline air compressor fittings in the shop. And I'm going to use, um, it's called black pipe. Uh, I'm going to use three quarter inch black pipe through the shop, but I need something that's really going to grip and turn that stuff to get it sealed. And these are exactly what I'm going to use it for. And they are worth the money because the other ones, the cheap ones, you'll wear the jaws off of them. Keep it together. I'm trying. So <laughs> I hope you get a good grip on that black pipe. Dan. I will. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I just had to put it in your head. You're welcome. Uh, I God damn you. <laughs> it's like over here going, oh, okay, listen, 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 listen. Yeah. He does it on purpose, people. He does it on purpose. He sometimes. knew what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is another one from Matt Frazier. He listed two of them. Uh, he said, one is uh, offset wrenches. Yep. Um, I can't tell me how many times. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. I've needed to get at a weird angle with a wrench. Um, tight reach, offset angle. Um, top. Tight, tight reach, reach offset yeah. wrenches. Yeah. Um, tight reach. These are really thin, and they have. Um, if you have like no space, oh, I don't know, like say for a starter on a 99 Land Cruiser, and you want to like LS swap it, if you ever do a starter again, which is this the funniest be the damn tool. thing, because it's a huge car, and you think there's room for anything under here. Yeah. Lots of room for except activities. for a normal place to put a starter. Absolutely, yeah, dumbasses. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this is the perfect wrench for getting in there. Uh, yeah. These are not cheap. Offset wrenches are typically because they're high tolerance, high spec. Anything that you're, the price is almost relative across the board. If you want what you're paying for typically in wrenches, when you say like, why does this wrench set of 12 wrenches cost $300? And why does this one on Amazon cost $40? It's because one has like a quarter inch difference in gap in spacing and actually getting the right size. And, uh, and you'll buy like seven sets of the 40 inch ones once they break. Right. Or the $40 yeah. ones so yeah. if you're buying like cheap Chinese knockoff motorcycles and you want tools to work on it, any set of Pittsburgh tools you can find is going to be fine. The Chinese bikes come with their own tools. Like you get like right. an Allen wrench and a good set of pliers. And if you're working on a Honda and you want yeah. a wrench that actually fits, yeah. uh, you're going to need a spe- you're going to need or want really tight tolerant wrenches because you'll strip the bolts. Yeah. Uh, in fact, anybody drain bolts. Stupid freaking drain bolts on Hondas, man. They yeah. all strip if you don't have like the perfect size wrench. Um, so, by anyway. the way, I, my monkey needs an oil change. Um, I have, I, mine does too. Okay, good. We need to, yeah. Do you, uh, you know, speaking of that, that's something I used to have, but I, I think I've thrown more of these away. Do you have a drain pan? Like yeah. An oil, okay, yeah. So I keep throwing mine away. I don't know why. 
but it keeps disappearing. So well, now that I have but a motorcycle lift and a green and a drain I'm pan, we're definitely set. not doing oil changes in my living room. So yeah, with a whole like what one quart they take. Yeah. You'd be surprised. <laughs> the CRF takes a lot, and I, that dumped all over the all the garage floor one time. Yeah, I think it takes one liter. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to clean up. It takes about three rolls of paper towels to get it all cleaned up. I'll tell you that. That's what it takes. So real yeah. problems. Real problems. Yeah. Uh, another one on here. Uh, Russell Rogers pointed this one out, and thanks to Russell, I did actually order one of these. It's in the shop, and that is my flush cutters. Oh for yeah, z- my zip tie zip flush. Ties, yeah. yeah, zip tie flush cutters, and these are um, specifically made for. <laughs> Can't tell you the amount of times I've cut off zip ties and then I've reached my hand back down someplace and then bleeding and um, yeah it and just slices you yeah, yeah. and yeah. so these things are the ones you want uh, the again with the Knipix stuff a lot of guys are they're loyal to Knipix for a reason yeah when in doubt Knipix is what you want um, and then they have he listed the same thing here Cobra water pump pliers so same thing as we talked about before second person to mention these and the Knipix brand like people mention these for a reason. I'm telling you, the other ones will strip and they suck. These are the ones they are super smooth. The little push button slide open. Like you're getting what you pay for with that tool. Spend the money. The one thing that he had, and I have, I've owned hundreds of these is tailor tapes. They oh, are yeah. so useful. If you don't know what this is, this is, this is like a soft tape. Yeah. It's a soft tape. If you go get, you know, jeans or whatever that's in the, and the nice lady comes out of the basement and measures you, it's a soft tape. And there, I mean, it's so great, but it, I, I have used that on so many things like a curved surface to try yeah. to figure out how far it is. Yeah. So I have a specifically look for this on eBay. I have a tip for these. Don't get, instead of a tailor's tape, go on eBay and look for an awry helmet tape. Um, yeah. Not only does it have the, the sizes printed, on it. So when you measure your skull, you can tell what size you are. But the fact that they auto retract uh, and yes. they're really easy to put in your pocket, like these things are gold. And um, they, yeah, they're just that's the tailor shape I have because it's the same thing. But I love I love the Arai one specifically. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, tailor shape works. But just if you look, I mean, we're talking like four to five dollars on eBay, not twenty. Like four yeah. to five dollars. You're going to spend a tailor kit. Get one of these. You can lose them easily. Trust me. Yeah. That being said, my mother has had one. I think for fifty years, the same one. Yeah, my <laughs> so, mom yeah. too. I think it's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Lassery, chassis ears. Um, oh, Russell Rogers. Yeah, I talked to. Him. Yeah. I want to make sure I mention the names of all the people here. This is really cool. Uh, chassis ears for diagnosing suspicious noises. It's basically like a stethoscope with a rod on it, and you put it up next to things in your car, and then you. Can, my brother, I remember my brother had one of these for his nine fourteen, and you. It allows you to like chase down a rattle exactly where it is because when you put that thing on, what is actually rattling? Oh, you know it. So if you're diagnosing an older car with um. The best thing that he used it for was diagnosing bearing issues in a motor with a bunch of pulleys. Okay. So it's hard to hear. Like, if you have, like, a, a sound coming your engine, it could be your alternator, your water pump. Um, but you got to be the ballsy guy that wants to be strung down to the car as you're driving while you're doing that. <laughs> it's like, geez. Yeah. But even if you can't hear it at idle, but you can hear it under load, you can yeah. put this on and you'll hear it clear as day. Super useful when trying to chase down a rattle. I, I need one of those. I think there's a rattle in the roof of the Subaru. I'm taking it in for service. They're not going to be able to find it, but... But yeah, not because they don't know how to fix that. I just feel like the rattle will go away the minute I take it in. So you're yeah. probably right. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was some re- other really good stuff on here. I mean, the uh, Jeff Evans uh, put on there the, oh, the yeah. twelve piece, one hundred twelfth, the metric. Um, yeah, twelve piece, one hundred twenty tooth metric double flex ratcheting combination, yeah, which is really cool from Cornwell. Yeah. Um, Again, not cheap, but totally no, worth it. These are double flex, so the head can be. You can twist it around ways, like yeah. a 90 degree angle almost That's amazing and Absolutely amazing 122 three degree arc swing uh the cornwell ones are these are a professional tool so keep yeah keep that keep that in mind if you are not looking for the, for the professional version i looked this up um gear wrench also makes them in a 90 tooth 
which is probably going to be more than enough for some people. I would say if you are in the market for double flex head wrenches, you're probably a pro anyway, or at least really close to it, which I would definitely call Jeff. So check those out. I, that probably is worth it. Somebody looking for those. That's a nice tool. I mean, I have about six. Cole, Cole Tipton put in there one of the emergency stopwatch, the invisible stopwatches. <laughs> I have six of those. Like the, hey, buddy, how fast can you get me this? I'll time you. <laughs> <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Yep. Um, what else was on here that I was like, okay, so the, um, Michael Smith brought up a really good point, and it was something you and I were talking about is the Klesko fastener starter kit. And I think of this as like if you're if you're Klikos. Klikos, oh, sorry. Yeah. If you're trying to put on body panels or if you're hanging like a wide body kit, like you see it, people drill and they and, it, and you see it all the time. They, they, people put the pliers in there and it plunges in and then it pulls it back and then it holds it in place. It's a really cool thing. Like, but if you're that's that's more of a serious tool in my mind as far as like I can't see somebody like me who does some basic garage me- mechanics owning one just because I don't know if I'd ever replace body panels or you know do a wide body kit. But I think it's a neat tool to have. Yeah, if you're doing uh, a bunch of metal work, like sheet metal work, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. If you're doing metal buildings, um, that's yeah. yeah. He also listed something else in here for the truck guys, which I did not think about. I was like, oh, I don't actually have these truck I don't know. nuts. Yeah, no, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truck nuts. Yep, truck nuts. No, um, the uh, spring compressor tools for extra large springs. Oh, I have spring compressors, of course. Yeah, but I've never ha- needed spring compressors for something like my Raptor, which wouldn't these the ones we have aren't long enough. That's right. We have the ones we used. I I've got a set too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect for cars, but yeah. not for something like that. So it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. I feel like if I ever get to the point where I need that, I'm going to get one of the the wall mounted ones. Yeah. I mean, I just that seems like a better, but that's a really nice tool. Yep. Um. Oh yeah. Host so, clamp pliers. Host clamp. I mean, yes, hundred. If you don't have them, just go get them. So there's a tool that was uh, was listed on here. It was one of the last ones by Zach Hazard, and I've always been curious about this tool because I've seen. Oh, I have one of these. You do? okay? So I, I do. Okay, because I look at it and I go because they always show it in the fact that you could put it over a bolt, you could put it over like an eye hook and things like that yep. because it's a it's basically a socket that's full of a lot of bunch of arms, and as you push you push some uh, it onto something, it, it forms to the shape of that particular item. It's sort of like when you were a kid and you'd it's go to the store socket and you had one of those things you could push your face through and it was all the metal pins and it would make a, a print of your face. But this is different. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had one of those. Those are Did so you? cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these universal sockets are what they're called. Um, the reason I have one is because I know what I, what to use it for and what not to use it for. Okay. So if you're doing something with low torque, I mean really low torque applications, um, they're perfect for that. And when I, when I say low torque, what these are perfect for is building furniture. I was going to say the eye, the eye hooks are the things I can think. Like you're yeah. trying to drive an eye hook into like hang a hammock or something like that. And you're trying to get it started. Like this is going to be 10 times better. Yeah. Uh, it's any, yeah. Anytime you're just doing a low torque application and you need just one socket to do the job and you have a lot of space to work with. Yeah. These are great. Yeah. But um, in a pinch, they're good to have, but I can tell you right now from experience, cause I warrantied one, which was really easy to do by the way. They did send me one immediately is that anytime you're going over probably, mm, what did you break? Did like the teeth when some of the things fall out, or what? They happened? bent them inside. Yeah, anything. I, I would say it's probably good to fifty. Were you, were you using this for a high torque thing, Dan? I was. These are for low torque, Dan. It doesn't say that on the package, though. So how much torque should you apply? Yeah, I would you say need to put 50, your torque converts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I mean, you're not going to do lag bolts with this thing. No. But you know, like I said, I furniture was where where what especially it for building at. furniture. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was about it. About if you're the time you, putting together stuff, then, yeah. Okay. Oh, I want to do want to mention one thing that I don't have 
and now that I see it, I've had a use for I'm like I could have a use for this. Uh, Nate Foss mentioned this. This is a box wrench uh, torque wrench adapter. You clamp it onto a box wrench, and it give, it allows you to like gr- grab it with a torque wrench on the side. Now the perfect example is one. This is from Motion Pro. Now anybody in the motorcycle industry knows Motion Pro because Motion Pro makes really good motorcycle specific tools. What the the picture they use this for is dead on, and it's I believe this is an older Ducati, and that's where the cylinder head uh, bolt studs come up, and there's uh, nuts that go onto them, and they have a torque spec, but you can't get a wrench onto them. You can only get an open box flare wrench on them. Ah, oh. so you attach this to it to a torque wrench, and then that will tell you that allows you to use your torque wrench as an extension. Okay, so and I, there are places like that that are really hard to get to. Exhaust bolts and nuts. Um, any place that it's starters, a really, no. yeah, a really <laughs> tight spot that has a torque value, but yeah. especially especially things that are aluminum, cylinder heads on motorcycles, a lot of motorcycle parts. Yeah, now I mean, if I'm going to do, I don't think I ha- will have this problem with the monkey, but I have to go look at it out there. And for fifty three bucks, this isn't. What would cheap you need it for on the monkey? If we're doing a big bore kit. Yeah. We need to continue to talk we about that. We do need to continue to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you're, but yeah, anytime you're working with aluminum, this this is one of those tools that you really can't not have if you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many. I think, you know. You Good could, tool. There's so many tools I just want to have sitting in my garage that I know I don't need, but like, like a slide hammer. I don't need one. I'm not pulling axles and things like that, but the minute you don't need one. And these are, stuff like that too you can rent. Um, yes. We yeah. should mention that. There's a lot of, anytime you get into a specialty tool, just rent it. Um, I do have that on my list, actually. Uh, you, I want to tell you about a dangerous zone. Speaking of things and renting, I was at Home Depot picking up a couple of things, and I ran. I walked past their 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 rack of like, you know, you can rent tools and things like that from Home Depot. Oh yeah, they got a lot. Home Depot in Issaquah had got. I don't know if they just retired some stuff, but they had some stuff. I was like, oh, why do I not? <laughs> Convincing myself not to buy that. So, yep. Yeah. Um. Funny story about my brother. So we talk all the time about the projects we're working on. Mm-hmm. Like, we're brothers. We talk about that stuff all the time. And you're both building projects, too. Yeah, yeah and so. so he is uh, concrete polishing his entire, like, his entire basement of his house, which is massive. Arkansas, I remember. Yeah. And so he found out that the company that makes these machines was, like, 20 minutes from his house. Okay. So he walked, we just went over there and said, hey, I'm interested in learning how to use one of these things. And being in the South, if you ever want to know what it, when people say Southern hospitality, if you don't go to the South, you don't come really know in. what that is. Yeah. They were literally like, yeah, come on in. We'll take you through a class, teach you how to use it. They had him do a floor right there. Like, just as like an educational thing. What, did he? Did they rent him one then? Well, he's going to, yeah. Okay. But he was. But it wasn't even part of like a sales pitch. He no. just went to the company and asked, hey, I'm looking at doing this. They're like, let's walk you through it. We'll show you how it's done. Because that's genius. Because about the fact, you know there's people out there that go and they rent that and then they screw it up and then they blame the tool. Right. So he went over there, and my brother was like, "This is slow, but it's really easy to do." He learned all about the different machines, like, yeah. and he's messaging me saying, "Hey, if you're going to do this, you need to rent this. Yeah, this is how you do it." And I was just like, "If you did that here, people would be like, no, watch YouTube, Dirk. Yeah, go away. Yeah, go away. And we, that's we don't the talk difference. to the public, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that yeah. was really cool. Um, and awesome. he's like, "Now I know how to use one of these really well." He's like, "Maybe I'll buy one and start doing this for a side job." What was the name of the company? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. I'll get it from okay. him though. Yeah. Give him a free plug. I thought yeah. it was pretty cool of them. Um, yeah, so I'm going to probably polish my shop now that he can tell me exactly how to do it for like a thousand bucks versus the okay. seven to ten thousand quote I got. Yeah, just couple, just some, we just get some fifty grit and a couple of sheets. We'll be fine. Yeah, we'll right. it. it'll it's, take us six to seven. Years. I think he said it was about four passes. Okay, 
but it would probably take you a day and it's not hard it's just very slow and tedious and, and, and you got to get it right like, is it a vibrating or spinning kind of thing? spinning uh, and those and diamond heads diamond heads okay. yeah yeah and i actually have one for my angle grinder for little spots if you yeah. have a small spot in your shop that well, you you're gonna need that. to for like the corners and things like that i'm assuming exactly yeah. and yeah. so i can i can do that with my angle grinder just to just to cut the cement down yeah which i bought a vacuum adapter for that by the way if you're ever grinding cement that's I'll tell you, big warning right now. This is one of those times where you your really need to, yeah, you really need protection if you're going to do that. You don't want just like a fiber mask. You need an actual respirator if you yeah. do the work. You do not want to breathe in cement dust. So anyway, I got all that stuff to do that with a vacuum adapter and um, HEPA bags for the thing to do that. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So I can just, just got a few spots I need to edge down. Um, yeah. Just add that to the list of things that need to be done to the shop. It's worth it though. Man, I love oh, it out there now. 100%. I mean, that is such a transformation, but just putting a floor in lights and just some organization. I added two more lights out there. Okay. Um, I added uh, different studio monitor speakers okay. for the Chromecast. I extended the Wi-Fi out there. Mm-hmm. So now no delay on watching YouTube videos while I'm working on cars, which is actually really useful. Uh, if I'm yeah. do, doing a project, I can just go through, pause, nice and quick. I'm using a Chromecast, uh, the one with the remote. Just because it was what I had. I got it in a free promo, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I was using a, a Raspberry Pi, which worked, but it was actually pretty overkill for what I needed. And I just I wanted to make sure I, I was sticking with a um, – we talked about this before, but I want nothing with – no fans, something simple, and this – an old monitor, old studio monitors. It sounds great out there. It works great. Love it. Well, we, I told you what we need. We just have to – we need one of those those giant screens that I've seen that Microsoft oh, yeah. has on campus. Oh, yeah, the Surface um, – <laughs> What do you call those? The wall, the wall surfaces, as I call them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, if anybody hasn't seen these before in like a really nice office building, Insane. you will not see one of these at somebody's house unless no. they are in the business. But they make the, these. They're probably. I'm not kidding. 80 inch, 100 inch surface touchscreens with multiple speakers, multiple cameras. It's they're like, beautiful. Yeah. They're old tech now, but they're still. It's just so funny because cool. they're old tech because they're like four years ago. So they're not OLED cool. yeah. or anything, but they are yeah. so awesome. I would kill to have one of these in the sure. shop. Yeah. Maybe one will fall off a truck someday. Who knows? Right? <laughs> huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, will it fit in the truck? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the way you want to do that. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, I mean, welcome back. Glad to have Thanks, you back. Man. It's good um, to be back. You know, you're going to be here for a little bit. Um, and uh, then we got our, our monkey trip coming up. And I think you're going to be here. Classics hearing- on the green. Oh, that's right. That's in a couple of weeks. I forgot about that. I know. It feels like it's coming up fast. But June... Uh, let me look up here because we've got probably we've got right. an off road day. Let's look at the Avance events real probably, quick. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Eleventh. Uh, sorry, June eleventh. Yep. Sunday from one to six at uh, Chateau Saint Michel. It was an amazing event. Uh, Dan and I are privy. There are some cars that are coming that are coming oh, from a ways away yeah. um, that you're definitely going to want to see in person. Uh, so I mean, they they are. Um, Museum quality, you know, kind of cars, things that you're gonna definitely want to see. So, yeah, yeah, it takes a lot for me to come out to a car show. It takes a lot of car. There's only a, there's very few on our list that we would actually be like, okay, <laughs> We're car I got, showed out. Yeah, yeah we got to stop and go see. This is yeah. one of those. Yeah, this is one of those, and I would would not say that otherwise. So the Avance off road event is the seventeenth. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So back to back weekends. Um, we also have Dirtfish Summerfest coming up. I think that's the eleventh. Boy, when is that? Eleventh. This better not be the eleventh because we got. <laughs> I don't think it's the eleventh. I know they just announced it. I hope it's not the eleventh because that's Avance Fest or not. Or, or, oh, or, it's or, uh, July eighth. July eighth. Okay. So, so yeah. 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 I keep. There's so many. Summer is so packed with car shows. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's been. 
I mean, I'm, I think I'm starting to get to the point where I can go back to a few car shows. Like, I'm, I'm good with a little bit I, <laughs> here and there. So, yeah. Yeah. And car right. showed out. So, well, we hope to see you out there. Yeah. Um, we'll be there. Uh, again, you know what to do. We need, you need, we need to know in the comments if you know the difference between a, a heat exchanger and a radiator and an intercooler and a. <laughs> yeah. We should just make a list. If yeah. You just bullet point that out for us. That would yeah. be fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Teach us something. Yeah. We can't teach you everything. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate your time. Uh, As always, for the Avance Podcast, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.